In a rapidly expanding omniverse of sci-fi content, two Terrans try to make sense of it all. From the latest to the greatest to the most thought-provoking science fiction content on the screen, we bring you Crowded Space Podcast. All right. Crowded Space Podcast, episode 31. Blast from the Past, Demolition Man, 1993. I'm your host, Eric. And I'm your other host, Jared. How's it going? Definitely ready to, to talk about some of the, the action adventure and some of the cool ideas that they put into to Demolition Man, you, starring one of your favorites, oh Sylvester yes, Stallone, uh, Wesley Snipes. Again, yeah. both of these guys are pretty much peak of their career doing this movie. Absolutely. And yeah. then, I don't know if she's a favorite of yours. Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock? Yeah. Uh, Back then she was. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's coming up on sixty now. I you she's know, not really she, much. I into forgot. The, you uh, know how Hollywood works, right? Yeah, it's like oh, you're thirty two. You're playing grandma I mean, roles now. Like, oh. Do you remember when you saw this the first time? I saw this when I was in high school. Yeah. I distinctly remember. It's like uh, friends, parents were out, and a bunch of people all came to. I don't want to say party, but kind of hang out yeah, slash yeah. party at, at his house. And this was, you know, the movie that we decided to rent. That's awesome <laughs> for for the day. At uh, your local blockbuster, right? And so for me, <laughs> the scene that probably stood out the most. Uh, because it was used again and again and again in the movie, was the getting ticketed for swearing. You are fined one credit for a violation yes. of the verbal right. morality. Yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> that was probably the, the number one thing that, 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 that stuck out for, for Especially for when he doesn't know how to use the three shells and Stallone's character... He uh, he's like swearing at the machine. He's like, I got toilet paper now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that exact scene too, where he keeps swearing to get enough uh, enough scene. tickets to use uses uses TP. That scene. Yeah, and I would say for better or worse, maybe one of the more long lasting uh, contributions of this movie to modern society is the mystery of the three shells. Yeah, how do they work to go to the bathroom? What has this utopian society invented to allow us to poop? Uh, but yeah, how about you? How did you uh, first? Well, I think see I, this? I, if I remember right, it was I rented it with my with my uh, buddies and we watched it and uh, we loved it. Especially the whole, a lot of action sci fi was the big thing in that you know in the ninety mm-hmm. in the nineties. So it kind of made its own little trajectory from this typical sci fi that we're all you know we're all used to in the in the old uh, the, the old ones we've done for this pod. But with this one, it was like, oh, you know, he's a cop, and something happens, and and Wesley Snipes, uh, but what was I can't remember. His, I know his Phoenix was his last name, but he was like a criminal. Oh, mastermind. you forgot his first name. I did. It was kind of one of my uh, mini gripes. It's Simon Phoenix. <laughs> oh, Simon right, Phoenix. Simon says, "I'm yeah, like, oh, that's so tired. It's not even clever. You should have never used it to begin with. Why are you using I like it multiple Phoenix. times? I thought it was badass. Oh, the Phoenix is great. Yeah, yeah Spartan and Phoenix and Huxley. So, they're all so great he's, names. He's a bad guy, and he he frames uh, Spartan, which is Stallone's character, for you know killing some innocent." People hostages, and hostages, yeah, and then so they, they both, both get, go to jail. They both get currently frozen in jail, like the new system, because you know jails are getting overrun. Kind of like you know, sort of like now a little bit, but, but I guess it, I missed that. Did they really? Is that? Do are you assuming that, or did they actually say like, oh, that's why we're freezing people? Because for me, the the major it premise, new, it was a new way to do it. Yeah, it was a new thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why they 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 well, did it. I other would, than it made the movie work. Yeah, but. 
Uh, I can get into that a little bit later. It's like yeah. the the cryogenic thing was didn't. You had to go, <laughs> yeah, okay, and then move on and not think about it for the rest of the movie to work because I'm like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but yeah, your first impression, you guys really liked it. Is, is there some scenes that really stood stood well, out like to you? you? Like I said, the the uh, the swearing. And then mm-hmm. the Taco Bell being the franchise. I forget about that, but I'm surprised. because <laughs> Yeah, the franchise wars. Is... You mean a real war? No, it's just the franchise wars. The Taco Bell won. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, really, Taco Bell? <laughs> You're into Taco Bell before? Hey, Taco Bell. Maybe on the West Coast it's okay because it's not with Kentucky Fried Chicken. But, man, over here it's just like, ugh. I'd rather just not eat Taco Bell at all. Well, interesting tidbit on that. In Europe, it was Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut they had went the Taco back, Bell? They went back through and they scrubbed out Taco Bell and put in Pizza Hut because Taco Bell wasn't really a thing in Europe then. Yeah. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't land for most of the people. And then, let's be honest, half the reason for having Taco Bell in this movie is product placement. So why would yeah. you want to place a product that the people can't buy? So they got Pizza Hut. <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. So, and that was, to, to, for my understanding, that was the first kind of country-based uh, product placement that yeah. they did. Uh, to go back to the movie and mm. uh, the commercials, too, with the jingles instead of, like, music, it was uh, the, like, commercial jingles from... Yeah, yeah that was, was the first hint. It's a dy- dystopian future and not a utopian future, right? Like, though... And, and Sylvester played that role so well. Just like, oh, no. Like, put you know, put me back to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, it was so good. And he does a great job, again. I'm a fan, but, you know, it's a typical action hero type of thing. Yeah, but I think a lot of one-liners landed. Yes. You're going to regret this the rest of your life. Both seconds of it. The uh, guy that, that ran the... the Dennis uh, Leary. Dennis Leary, that's it. That, he was big back then, too. Yeah, comedy yeah, wise. Exactly. No, he was. She was. It was my understanding. He was specifically hired as like the comedic relief to play. Was it friendly Edgar? Uh, leave it to me to completely derail your recap of the movie. But now that we've kind of <laughs> said how we've how we first saw it. Yeah. So our main villain of Phoenix and our main hero of John Spartan, the yeah. the cop, they get cryogenically frozen, and then we kind of cut smash to like thirty six or so years in the future. Phoenix is on his parole, and it turns out that he escapes, and he's got a lot access to information that it doesn't make sense he has access to. Right. And that maybe his reprogramming to be a better citizen while he's cryogenically frozen didn't take. Quickly finds out that the police of this new uh, politically correct pseudo-utopian society have zero experience with almost any form of violence. I know, right? handle this psychopath. Murder, death, kill. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, murder, death, kill. <laughs> and so then they have to thaw out then Spartan to essentially truck down Phoenix to take him out. But then essentially part of his old timey detective work is figuring out old that timey. the head of this <laughs> utopian society is the one that released Phoenix. So essentially Phoenix could kill the head of this up underground uprising yeah. led by friendly Edgar, who's played by Dennis Leary. Yeah. Well done. That was a good recap. More or less. Pretty and much. Then we just everything. left out essentially 
Then Sandra Bullock's character, last name is Huxley, is, is Huxley yeah. as a nod to Aldous Huxley's Brave New World that this movie riffs on a little bit. I wouldn't say it's based on that no. book, but it riffs on it for, for sure. It's heavily inspired by it. Mm-hmm. And so essentially she's the, oh, hey, this world's too perfect. I'm bored. I'd like a little action and chaos. And then, well, she gets her wish as yeah. she gets partoned partnered her up by the so-called Neanderthal of, <laughs> of Stallone's character. So that is it in a not-so-small nut In three shell. shells? Yeah. Oh, she wanted it there. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we had the recap, what did you think of it diversity? Like, is there diversity in this? Well, the villain is played by a black man, yeah. and I felt like Wesley Snipes didn't really tap into like a lot of tropes. No, nope. you know he wasn't nope. like so. I think he kind of made a new character here, made a really compelling uh, psycho killer. Yeah, but anyway. and so in terms of uh, yeah, other diversity, so diversity yeah, her, we had her, Hispanic, her kind of we had a, you know, African American, you had a female lead, not female lead, but co-lead that she did a good job holding her own despite. I, I want to say heavy hitters with her. Yeah. Heavy yep. act, you know, actors that are well known compared to her being just on an, on the scene. And then in terms of just cultural representation, it did seem like a lot of the costumes were heavily influenced by Asian cultures for yeah. lack of lack yeah, of a better yeah, term. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh but again, it's like is that misappropriation or is that a nod to it? I I kind of liked seeing it. I, I kind of like that sort of costuming anyways. Yeah, because what Though, do you... did you catch the scene? Uh, we're so like, I think it was when Snipes was first breaking into the museum on his search for, for the gun, right? Yeah. And some people walk by in these kind of Asian yes. clothes. And he's like... <laughs> that was not good. And like... I'm like, was that in the script or was, was that like a uh, facepalm that whole that that one scene too? <laughs> I think they weren't Asian. I don't know where that was coming from. And then so Snipes is well known for not sticking to the script, so it it does make you wonder. But so what about like musicality and, and I, movie actually, magic in itself? Well, before we move on, I did want to talk a little bit about Sandra Bullock's character yeah, in sure. terms of like female representation because yeah. it's a weird situation here because essentially she's supposed to be like. A child, like a woman child to some extent, because she grew up in this utopian, protective, anti-violent society. Yeah. So she's supposed to be naive. She's supposed to be kind of weak. Yeah. But I think with all of that, I really liked her character development. She did. St- she stood up for herself or she didn't like just John run all over her. Yeah. Um, when he sexually propositioned her after the whole yes. VR debacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's like, no, go. Right? Yeah, she get didn't, out. She didn't roll over. She wasn't just the eye candy. So I really, I thought the, at least the female representation was was pretty decent in mm-hmm. here. Could have been better, sure. Am I excited to see what they do with uh, Demolition Man 2? Yes. I can't believe they're making a second one. That's awesome. I can't believe it either. Just <laughs> let's thank, let's thank the, the the god of grandma reboots that it's not a reboot. Uh, yeah. yeah, we don't want grandma to be rebooted for this. Just let it lie. Just let it lie. <laughs> so now we can move on to musicality and what do you think of like movie magic with everything that... Uh, it brought to us. There was not much green screen on it. That's for sure. Wow. Yeah, that's a really good point. It, I didn't it did really see any. That it did. 
it didn't seem like they leaned too heavily on on like, CGI. Yeah, and it was a lot of practical effects and in action and, and just good kind of prop making and in, in in general. So, yeah, they they built a world. I think a lot of the world that they built was built more through just the characters talking about the history yeah. and how they get where they are. Yeah, and then some really a good placement of technology here and there. Yes. And then some just really clever slang, right? Because yeah. that's one of the things in in Brave New World in 1984, it's like, hey, if you control the words that people have, you control the, the way that they speak, right? Correct. So by saying, you by outlawing different words and and, and playing Ooh. jingles uh, on Almost uh, like for music, you're controlling what these people are, are actually capable, uh, right. capable of thinking. Right. So I... Totally forgot what the question was, but I both loved and hated the jingles in this. Right, we I, talked. We we're talking about music, and we we're talking about like uh, the like movie magic. So like it would be about CGI or costumes or uh, special effects from like weapons. Yeah. Like the that well, one we, that one time that uh, Simon Phoenix had mm-hmm. that gun that, that shot. Oh, the real gun. Yes, the real gun that shot the at John Spartan a few times. It was kind of, that was like a view into the future of like, oh, we're the laser guns. It's the future, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Come on, Hal. Where the goddamn gun? Yeah, the the rail gun with the whatever fusion battery that took a hot minute to It's funny, but he was was, shooting it like it was like, you know, he had plenty of charges in that thing. First it, first it, built up i don't know if it held a couple charges no or? it sounded like it took because it took a while for the whole fusion reactor to kick on and then once it turned on it was then just a matter shoot, of yeah just charge yeah reloading or, or Which something was, was a cool addition to the because you know there was a lot of guns and a lot of uh infinite cl- you know bullets and those clips <laughs> a mm. few times <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I don't I don't count bullets. It, it just ruins every movie for me pretty much. Uh, uh what about the costumes? Did you know, the police uniforms, like I said, there's a lot of a lot of civilians walking around and they're kind of I like the changes between uh 96 and 2032. They did some changes there with the cops, right? Oh, 1996 yeah. you had the uniforms and all that and then they moved into the future. 2032, and they had the more like uh, constable style of uniforms and less, mm. you know, police officer that we're used to in the, you know, in the 90s. I yeah, thought, I, I, thought I think they that actually they were nominated for for costuming. Uh, yeah, Again, I wasn't in love with them. It's not like you yeah, know, yeah. Stranger when World. We were we were young back then, so we didn't really care about the. Oh, look at that costume. This is true. Yeah. It was either either it looked convincing or it looked stupid. There yeah. was I didn't really care about the nuance back back. What about music? What'd you think? I there is none. <laughs> didn't I can't just just uh other than the Simon jingles. Phoenix. <laughs> I was halfway through watching this. I'm like, oh, I should be paying attention to music. I'm like, uh and then nothing stuck stood out to me. No. Other than the jiggles. Even kids with chicken pox love hot dogs. Really Yeah, the jingles. That was it. Which kind of shows, it kind of gives you that immersion of what they, you know, they're used to the jingles and not regular music. But anyway. Somebody put me back in the fridge. What about influence in modern sci-fi? What do you think? I'm hard-pressed to say that it does anything first. Maybe it does a lot of things together. Yeah. Maybe. Like, because again... You're mixing in action 
with political commentary. There's a lot of little jabs about kind yeah. of correctness. Political yeah, correctness. yeah. It's funny because back then it was called being politically correct, and yeah. I think now our version of it is woke, and then yeah. that's kind of been it's been politically charged. So now yes. I wonder what our next version of PC or wokeness or or whatever Especially is going to be. Can- and then you had cancel um, culture too involved in that for to this day and age. Yeah, I don't know where that fits in, and I don't want to think about it. No, right me now, but it's a good point but for sure. It just touches those subjects that are really predominant in today's, like uh, you know, like political landscape. Like you said, we usually don't want to dive into that because we like to keep things moving forward. And yeah, but I'd say just a fun. Comment, yeah, mixing together social commentary, uh, having this utopian future society yeah. that really turns out to be dystopian. What happens when you, we take away essentially a right to harm ourselves? Yeah. What happens to our society? Right. And th- that's one of the things I really liked about demolition, man. Did they really de- you know, dig deep into it? No, not really, no. but it was enough to maybe get the, the ball started for, yeah. for some conversations back then. And, and, and even today, because like, I think a lot of the commentary still holds up even uh, yeah, even, definitely even compares so. to today's what's going on. Well, also another thing too is that virtual reality was another big ticket in this in this one. Yeah, I was wondering like, oh, how many times had virtual reality been essentially depicted in a movie before that? And so maybe we can give Demolition Man a little points there when yeah. essentially, again, I love the scene. And that's probably something that actually did stick out to me as a horny whatever 14-year-old ah. when I first watched this. <laughs> Was to to set the scene at any rate, you know. Essentially, they have a their, their pseudo date out. They go back to her place, and then she very casually just pr- propositions him for for sex, and he's yeah. like, "Yeah, hell yeah!" And then, <laughs> I've been frozen for like thirty years. <laughs> been rock hard for thirty six years. <laughs> oh, what do you think? <laughs> Again, I apologize to my family who listens to this podcast. Hey. <laughs> If you can't take a dick joke, <laughs> then you need help. <laughs> Sorry. <Anyway. laughs> uh, to finally finish the scene, and then oh. she brings out these like two little head consoles, and then they kind of just get their minds linked through yeah. these weird, wispy VR impressions, kind of sensual impressions of each other. That's probably stimulating other parts of your brain at, at the same time. He's yeah. like, no, this isn't, isn't for me. Let's do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. But again, I think it's a, maybe one of the reasons why they're revisiting this is because of, of the pandemic and COVID and this whole germaphobe scare that we all went through, right? Yes. Like, yeah. let's be honest, 95% of maybe the whole world's population was like thinking really hard about who do I touch? Well, how are how are our fluids being mixed? Right, that was that was the big thing in this future. It was like, oh, it's it, it's illegal yeah, and no super gross, or anything to, like to, that. Yeah, yeah, to even touch, much yeah. less have any mixing of of whatever. So again, it's interesting commentary. If we get carried away with germophobia, where do we end up? And there you go. This this uh, new society that was created in 2032. <laughs> so it's always. Uh, A little sidebar here is something that sci-fi usually gets wrong. When they set something in the future, they never set it far enough. That's true. They never set it far enough. That's like how many years from now? 32 is like right around the corner. 96 LA was a on fire hell zone, right? Like, well, I lived there (laughs) and I remember it was almost a hell zone. So (laughs) I lived there almost in this time period too. 96. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry, California. Uh, ignorant man. Or we still I love know. you. Yeah. 
No, and then 36 years, it's just, it, it feels like it was such a different society yeah. um, 36 years later. Should have been it more so like, plausible. you know, double it or something. Yeah, good good 100. But I think part of it is they wanted to have his daughter still be alive so that can be like a little subplot. It was originally intended in this movie, apparently. Right. Uh, and then they just ditched it because like, no, time and money. Yeah, this this movie was actually in production hell. It went way over yeah. budget. It took three times as long as they thought. So that was one of the su- sublines that, that, that got scrapped. Would you recommend it? Well, I kind of want a little little twist on how does it, okay. how it might influence modern sci- sci-fi. Do you think this influenced kind of just today's society at, at all? Well, I, th- I don't think it influenced it, but it's, par- it's almost or a did parallel. It, or do you think it made any interesting predictions with the technology? Yeah. Right? Like, uh, you like know, self-driving virtual, cars. Yeah. Self-driving cars. The uh, Alexa, kind of an Alexa for the robot, right? The female. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Voice, right? Voice, the command voice, voice or whatever it was. Voice computers. control. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, did I say virtual reality? Not explicitly, but yeah, but that's that, saying, like, this that is one is of the first times. now with, you know, Oculus 2. Um, what do you think? What little, is your brain buzzing about? Yeah, well, so <laughs> one kind of little cool tidbit I stumbled upon was, so a lot of the cars in Demolition Man yeah. were actually prototypes donated from GM. So oh, that's it was cool. Their, pretty much anything with a Gullwing door was a GM ultralight. So back in 1993, even earlier... They had super lightweight cars, these ultralights, that would easily get 80 miles to the gallon. That's right. Up up even higher if you were only stuck to like 55. Right. Just thought it was cool that they used some GM prototypes to kind of show off. So okay. I just thought it was kind of cool that, that cool. indirectly this movie Because the cars were awesome helped in that. You. It yeah, really I'm a sucker for they a built, gullwing. I'm they, a sucker for a gullwing. So. Yeah, they built, the, they built their... their um, there was immersion in their future world. So it was certainly, it did it a good job with that, for sure. And then what about predicting President Schwarzenegger? <laughs> That's pretty cool, right? Okay, he became governor, but he became governor really of, because, of California, yeah. which has a budget larger than most European countries. So right. he was kind of like president and in a way. He had a lot of power. So... So that was kind of cool. I, the one thing that it was such a little side scene, but early on when Snipes goes up to the first telephone booth thing, yeah. communication <laughs> booth, that. and the guy in there, he was uh, on the compu chat. And it was like, oh, he was talking him up and yeah, giving yeah, him yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Ah, no one likes me. It's like, you are an incredibly sensitive man who inspires joy, joy feelings in all those around. I was you. like, OK, I think that's maybe one of the strongest things that Demolition Man kind of predicted is that we're going to be using AI and computers yeah. to fucking boost our egos and make us feel good about ourselves. That's true. That's and, true. Well, as people do that with like Facebook and, you know. So they want to see, oh, look how many followers I have. Hey, everybody, I ate, you know, I ate toast today. Oh, great. You did a good job. <laughs> everybody, thumbs up. Yay. I got 10,000 thumbs up. Same type of scenario. One of the big themes here that the technology they brought up is the cryogenics. Yes. Mm-hmm. And again, back in the 90s, cryogenics was kind of a buzz thing. You know, there's all this talk about celebrities freezing their heads so they could be thought <laughs> out later. You know, we saw that. That kind of became a running joke in Futurama. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, that yeah, was yeah. based in you know, the whole Walt Disney being frozen. Yeah. And um, he wants to be frozen. He should stay frozen. Poor guy. <laughs> I don't right. think he wants to come out to the garbage. <laughs> I mean, the wonderful TV shows they have. 
or that movies. would be a hell of a story if Walt Disney got thawed out and he single-handedly he straightened out the Star Wars universe. He was cloned. <laughs> so cryogenics is something uh, fun to think about, uh, especially in terms of deep space travel as a way yeah. to, you know, snooze for the 500 years it's going to take to get anywhere of gripe a little bit because it made no sense. You're going to gripe? It made no sense. I know, people. <laughs> First time for everything. It really made no sense. Like, okay, why are you spending literally millions of dollars to keep criminals, like, alive? Yes, they're like, oh, but we're going to reprogram them while they're Rehabilitate asleep. Rehabilitate them like, Just knitting. reprogram them while they're in their cells or while they're asleep at night. Like, why would you slowly reprogram them over 36 years? Because it takes a long time, it's, man. Well, so that's it's version thing. one. So my super sci-fi gripe is that, you know, they, they try to do their research and they're they're showing the freezing early on, the freezing process like yeah. early on in the movie. And there's a little terminal that says like one Kelvin, right, for the temperature. So yeah. it's like, oh, you guys, you did your research. You realize that like, you know, super temperatures are usually done in Kelvin, not Celsius. But it said one Kelvin. Right. So zero Kelvin's the absolute absence of any molecular movement whatsoever. It's kind of theoretically impossible. Physicists don't. I'm a genesis, not a physicist. Damn it. Don't, don't hold me to it. But nothing is going to be happening at one Kelvin. You couldn't reprogram anything. There'd be no thoughts. There's ruined as I will give them. I don't even know if this is on purpose, but um, science nerd coming out here. At least when you do freeze water that fast right? Almost instantaneously down that cold, you don't form ice. And that is actually a very important part of the cryogenic process because ice crystals are what oh, yeah, it's gonna... c- cuts through our cells and yeah, breaks the tissues gonna... and loses yeah. the structure that's so important. Yeah, uh, And it's called vitreous ice, this ice that has kind of no crystalline structure. So, and then uh, chipping and tagging people, right? In this future, everyone's tagged. You know, Big Brother knows where you are, how you're doing, if you're That's happy. That's your phone, your dude. Side. This day and age. That's your phone. Right, but they missed the cell phone. <laughs> That's right. They, they don't miss have cell, cell phones. phones hard. Like, they didn't you have cell phones. You know, it's... In the 90s, it was bag phones, man. It was like the size of a laptop. Yeah, they just, you know, <laughs> they just missed that in their future. You know, they're like, yeah, this jerk ass talking about vitreous ice again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're gonna move on. <laughs> <laughs> Next, yeah. So, would would you recommend it? And uh, to I who? I think so. I think I would recommend it. This is one of those movies that is like a classic. You know, action sci-fi in the '90s was a big thing, like with their one-liners. Mm-hmm. Hey, Luke Skywalker, use the Force and all that stuff. So, I think it's important to have that, see that uh, Americanized sci-fi with action heroes like Stallone and Schwarzenegger because they come out now nowadays and a lot of people they don't but they don't like they don't say oh he's such a bad actor no they give him a pass because they're like man I remember in the days with Stallone and Schwarzenegger where they were they were the king of the movies right Mm. so seeing them back on the screen this like these times with their two tv shows they have both going on (laughs) Is uh, kind of nostalgic considering that during the '90s they were big, like they were big name actors. I enjoyed it. it- so, if you're looking for some social commentary uh, back in the '90s and a halfway decent action flick, like I said, the action didn't super land for me. It wasn't terrible, but it right. just wasn't as as I, I'd say. Watch Demolition Man for yeah. for, for for sure. Um, Absolutely, I think there's there's something there's something there to dig into, and also Dennis Leary's, you know. 
he just does his comedic rants. He doesn't do <laughs> anything doesn't special. Like that? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say he does any acting here, but he does a good Dennis Leary. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go out drinking all of us, get shit-faced and paint the town, literally. Put a graffiti slogan. <laughs> yeah. So... All right, we're going to put the camera on. Just do your thing, man. If someday that you're stuck in a cryogenic <laughs> chamber for 37 uh -oh. years and you pop out and have to fight crime or something like that, it's not the destination. It's the journey. Peace out. Enhance your calm. <laughs> what can I say? I'm a blast from the past.